Our New Testament lesson comes to us from the book of Acts, from the ninth chapter. This is the familiar story called the conversion of Saul, but this morning I'd like to call it Paul Takes a New Road. Meanwhile, Saul, breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest, and he asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found anyone who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? And the reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand, and they brought him into Damascus. And for three days, he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So it was just an ordinary parents' day at the ballet studio. And once more, like so many times before, mom and dad kind of crowded into this, this really stuffy little dance studio on, and sat down on uncomfortable little wooden benches so that they could see their little darling do her dance. Well, the music started and the little girls lined up, all of them in their little black leotards and pink tights. And the music began, so they began to dance. And mom and dad waved at their little girl, but, but then they needed to have a conversation. And so they bent their heads together and, and very intensely began to have a conversation with one another. And the little girl looked up, and of course, what she noticed was that mom and dad weren't watching her, right? So she did what any little girl would do in such a situation. She continued to dance and smile, but she also started waving like this. And all the other little girls in the line, they did the same thing. They all started waving and dancing and smiling, but the parents never looked up. And so the little girl, being a little more forceful this time, moved closer to her parents, waving, smiling, dancing, and moving closer. And the entire line of dancers moved closer and closer and closer. Mom and dad never looked up. Finally, she got so frustrated that she just stomped her little foot on the dance floor. And of course, every other little girl in the line did the same thing. Stomp, 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 wave, 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 dance, 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 smile, smile, smile. And finally, mom and dad looked up they waved, they smiled, and they watched the rest of the dance. As the music faded away, you could hear one little five-year-old at the very end of the line say pretty loudly, gee, I thought they would never look up. Getting our attention is difficult, isn't it? Turning a behavior around, turning an attitude around, changing course, sometimes almost seems impossible 
And so it does at times take a loud stomp on the floor or a, a big waving of the arms. And then sometimes, if you're a bullheaded zealot like Saul of Tarsus, it can take a bolt of lightning or a booming heavenly voice or a siege of blindness. This morning, I want to look closely at what happened to Paul as he traveled down that Damascus road. And no one describes that moment we just read about in Acts 9. No one describes it quite like the poet-preacher Frederick Beekner. And where did it all start, Beekner writes? It started on the road. Paul was in charge of a Pharisee goon squad in those days. He was on the road to Damascus to round up troublemaking Christians, to bring them to justice. And then it happened. It was about noon when he was knocked flat by a blaze of light that made the sun look like a 40-watt bulb. And out of the light came a voice saying, Saul, why are you out to get me? I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Those boys in Damascus, don't fight them. Join them. I want you on my side. And Paul never in his life forgot the sheer lunatic joy and astonishment of that moment. He was blind as a bat for three days, but he made it to Damascus anyway. And he was never the same. And neither in a way was the world. Because everything he ever said or wrote or did from that day forward was an attempt to bowl over the human race as he'd been bowled over himself. Remembering lying there with dust in his mouth and road apples down the front of his shirt, listening to Jesus say, don't fight them. Join them. I want you on my side. Don't fight them. Join them. Don't travel down that road that you're on, Paul, that road of self-righteous anger and hatred, threat and murder. No, Paul, I have a new road for you. Don't fight me, Paul. Join me. Join me on a new road. Friends, that is the power of God in Jesus Christ. It gets our attention. It transforms us. And it sends us down new roads. It gets our attention and transforms us. And it sends us down new roads. Well, Christ got Paul's attention, all right. Three days of blindness will do that. For someone so intelligent and so sure of himself, someone, someone who actually wrote in the first chapter of Galatians, I was zealous for the traditions of my elders, and I was advanced in Judaism far beyond people of the same age. A seas of blindness put into question everything Paul believed. It put into question everything he'd experienced about God's love and mercy. And suddenly, everything that Paul saw so clearly, everything he thought he knew, his judgments, his, his self-righteous pride, it just faded away. And for once in his life, Paul waited. He waited. He waited upon God, the God he was coming to know in Christ. He waited for God to lead him. And if you read the rest of the chapter in Acts, you'll see that God did just that. 
God eventually sent a man, a faithful man named Ananias to Paul, and Ananias laid his hands on Paul and said, Brother Paul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here, well, he's now sent me to regain your sight and to fill you with the Spirit. And Paul's eyes were opened. And it is very fair to say he never saw things the same again. Now the world looked different. The God he had known and served as an ardent Pharisee looked different through his experience with Christ. And even Christ's followers looked different, no longer blasphemers, but now brothers and sisters. Friends, Paul was transformed heart and soul, and pretty quickly, the new road that God had in store for him, the road of preacher, church planter, and apostle to the Gentiles, that road began to unfold. The power of God in Jesus' attention, in, in Jesus Christ, got his attention all right, and then it transformed him, and then it set him on a new road. It is a road, by the way, he never would have chosen. It was a road, by the way, that I believe in reading his letters, he never fully claimed to understand. And it was a road that he could only walk step by step with the Spirit leading him. It's a powerful story. It's an inspirational story. But let me ask you, my friends, what if it's more than that? What if Paul's experience of finding a new road on the way to Damascus actually describes the power of God in Christ at work in you or in me and in this church? The power of God in Christ getting our attention, transforming us, placing us on new roads. About 13 years ago, my family went through a period, like many families, it seemed to be a bit of a crisis. It was definitely a difficult time. And in that time, everything that Al and I thought we knew about being faithful pastors Everything we thought we knew about being spiritual leaders of Christ's church systematically got called into question. Everything. Suddenly, we couldn't see very clearly what had been bright and obvious before. Suddenly, our life plans for family and career and the future of the church seemed kind of distant fuzzy, maybe even unsure. And we lived in that dark place for months and months. And let me tell you, it was no fun. It was something I wouldn't wish on anyone. And let me tell you this, it got our attention. For once in our type A successful lives, we were stuck. And we could find no way out, and we had to wait. We had to wait upon God. We had to wait upon God's plan for our future. 
And we had to lean, and I mean really, really lean into God and God's promises in ways we had never done before. And it transformed us. The power of God in Christ reshaped us and little by little, bit by bit, eventually placed us on a new road. And let me be quite honest with you. It is an uncertain road. It remains an uncertain road, a road we would have never chosen, a road we don't pretend to understand, a road we cannot, must not walk without the guidance of God's Spirit. Now, I'm no Apostle Paul, my friends, but let me remind you that that his story, my family's story, your story, this church's story, if powered by the God we know in Jesus Christ, these stories will follow the same arc. They will have a similar pattern because God doesn't leave us alone in our smugness or our comfortable understandings. No, not when there is more love and mercy to experience. Not when there's deeper faith and greater trust to be lived out. And certainly not when there is important work to be done in Christ's name. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul wrote, When I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, I acted like a child. But when I became an adult... I put away childish things, and now I see through a glass dimly. Well, friends, I believe that on the road to Damascus, Paul put away childish things. And on Christ's new road, Paul learned that full clarity and vision are God's domain, never ours. So what about you? Could God be calling you to put away childish things? Is God trying to get your attention? Can you put aside your fear long enough to wait upon God, to allow God to transform you, maybe even set you on a new road? And what about our church? Could we, as the body of Christ, possibly need to put away childish things? Is God trying to get our attention? There are a lot of changes about to take place. You've heard about many of them this morning. The question is, can we put away judgment and fear long enough to allow God to transform us and set us on a new faithful road for the next season of this church's life. Can we? And can we walk together into God's future knowing that we see through the glass dimly, only knowing in part what God knows, only seeing in part what God plans, only understanding in part God's greater vision for kingdom growth? I pray that we have the trust in God and the faith in Christ's power to do 
just that. As individuals and as a church. Trust and faith. In the end, that's what Paul's story is all about. It's what my story is all about. It's what your story is all about. It's what this church's story is all about. And while we may see through a glass dimly, while we may not be able to see and understand everything, there are some things we do know. We do know that the power of God in Jesus Christ changes the game. It changes us. It changes the world. The author Don Shelby writes, When we tell ourselves, I can never change, or that will never happen, we presume too much and we believe too little. In Jesus Christ, God renders all of our final conclusions premature. In Christ, God opens closed doors, brings resurrection, reveals possibilities, reclaims the lost, liberates the cursed, and changes the unchangeable. Beloved in Christ, let God get our attention. Let God turn us around and transform our hearts and minds and spirits. And do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of the new road that God leads us down by the power of the Spirit. For as the prophet Isaiah reminds us, my thoughts are not your thoughts or my ways your ways, says the Lord. As far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours, my thoughts higher than yours. And my word, says the Lord, my word that goes from my mouth, it will not return empty. It will accomplish what I purpose. It will succeed, succeed in all the things for which I sent it. Hallelujah. Amen.